1: Hello and welcome to The Observer's Notebook, the official podcast for the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. I am Tim Robertson, your host of this podcast, and also the coordinator of the training program within the organization. The Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers is an international organization devoted to the study of the sun, the moon, the planets, asteroids, meteors, and comets. Our goals are to stimulate, coordinate, and generally pr- promote the study of these bodies using methods and instruments that are available to the communities of both amateur and professional astronomers. The Association of Lunar Planetary Observers collects and analyzes observations of various solar system bodies and associated phenomena and publishes detailed reports concerning these bodies in its quarterly publication, The Journal of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers also lovingly known as the Strolling Astronomer. The Association of Lunar Planetary Observers maintains many individual observing sections and programs devoted to the studies of the solar system bodies and phenomenon. Each is managed by one or more coordinators that collect and study submitted observations. You can visit us on the internet at wwwalpo astronomy Org. That again, www.alpo-astronomy.org Now, on to the Observer's Notebook. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back to the Observer's Notebook. Our guest today is Jerry Hubble. He's the coordinator for the Lunar Topographical Studies section of the ALPO. Welcome, Jerry.
0: How you doing, Tim? I'm Good great. Good to be here.
1: Good. Why don't you give everybody a little background about yourself, where you're from, location, occupation, observing equipment, things like that?
0: Well, I've got, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm currently uh, the director of electrical engineering for Explore Scientific, and uh, I've been a member of the uh, ALPO for probably five or six years. I've, I've been into... Uh, telescopes for since i was a teenager but i got into astrophotography pretty hard back in uh 2008 uh 2009 and i actually have written a couple books about uh about astrophotography ones by they're published by springer books one's called uh, scientific astrophotography and the latest book is called remote observatories for uh amateur astronomers Oh really? Are and, those available on Amazon or anything? Yes, absolutely. They're available for Amazon. They uh, the first book's been out for about four years now, since 2012, and the other one came out in 2015. Oh, congratulations on this. Thank you, thank you. Uh, and uh, my my background I've, I'm I'm a retired uh, nuclear instrumentation and controls engineer. I work for uh, the local utility here in Virginia. I'm located in uh, near Fredericksburg, Virginia, and so my. My career has been all about instrumentation and control systems, especially in nuclear stations. But I've worked on computer systems uh, in the plant and also uh, on the transmission grid. I worked on the computer system there, SCADA system. But uh, so I've I've got a long history of working on instrumentation, and I I bring that expertise to the astronomy business by working at Explore Scientific.
1: Oh, okay. And what type of observing equipment do you currently have?
0: Well, I've, I've over the years I've gathered quite a bit of stuff just like most everybody that's been in this hobby for a while. I've got uh, I started out with a Schmidt Cassegrain from Mead back in nineteen eighty seven. I bought my first uh ten inch Mead uh L X five uh Schmidt Cassegrain. Then I've and then the last ten years I've I've I like refractors a lot. So I've got a couple of nice refractors. I've got a 5 inch APO refractor carbon fiber tube and a, a 6 inch APO refractor carbon fiber and I love those scopes. Um, currently I'm, I'm involved with a remote observatory that we built that's about 5 miles from my home. The local astronomy club and other local astronomers we we got together to build a um, an observatory that's remotely operated and it's been operational for about 6 months we started about a year ago the project and and I continue to do that, and that's the main facility I use today.
1: So you just okay. share a telescope time then with it.
0: Right now, we're uh, we're in a training mode and and tweaking the instrumentation to get it all up and running remotely for so that it's reliable. And uh, but we do have several users on the system right now, probably about five users. So you can we, log in
1: from your house and do your you know, observing.
0: That's right. I can actually sit up my big screen TV and. And sit on my couch and watch, and and do run the observatory and do all my imaging and do my other stuff that I do.
1: So at the end of this podcast, Jerry's going to give us a password to the observatory, and we can all log on and uh, use it. That's
0: right. Well, <laughs> I, that's right. Actually, our our goal is to is is to make it a free internet observatory, so that anybody that is interested in and in getting to know. All about uh, observatories, remote operated observatories. Can can contact me, and uh, if you're interested in really uh, seeing what we do, well, you're welcome to to join us.
1: Well, that's fantastic. I understand you're also a pilot.
0: That's right. I uh, I've been flying for well. I started taking flying lessons when I was a teenager. Of course, you know life gets in the way and money is scarce, so I didn't didn't manage to get my license until ninety one, nineteen ninety one. And uh, when my career was stable, and I was able to have some discretionary funds to do that, and I've been flying pretty much ever since. Uh, I was involved with a group here in Virginia, uh, part of the National Guard. It's the, the Virginia Defense Force. We had an aviation battalion, so it was kind of like uh, we, we serve under the governor of Virginia. He's the commander in chief, basically, and uh, so we do we did search and rescue missions. Training for that, and also did uh, did all the FEMA training to, for disaster relief missions and things like that. And I was a, a pilot in the aviation battalion for ten years, doing that. Doing what do you that. fly? Cessna 172. Oh,
1: that's a nice plane. Yeah, it's fun. I like that. So, oh, how yeah. did you get involved with the ALPO?
0: Well, I, one of my, you know, when I was growing up, of course, I'm a Apollo era kid. You know, I grew up watching the moon landings and. I just fell in love with the moon and I just love the way it looks and so throughout my whole history of uh, amateur astronomy history, I always loved looking at the moon and then and, and I always wanted to do you know once once the technology came along, I really really was stoked on doing high resolution lunar imaging so I started teaching myself that with video cameras back about I guess it's been eight years ago that I really got heavy into it. And then you know, I, of course, I knew about ALPO and the lunar group or section, which is a big part of that. And so I started submitting uh, images to the uh, lunar section, and they were being and Wayne Bailey, who's the uh, uh, coordinator, uh, he's the uh, for that group, and he, he publishes the the Lunar Observer. And so he published some of my images and some of the things I was doing, so I was really grateful for that and then there came a time when uh, they were looking for uh, an assistant coordinator to come on board and help with uh, the newsletter and some other things and i and I volunteered and uh, to my great uh, surprise and uh, uh, you know i i was I was appointed, so that was great and i I've known Dr. Mike Reynolds for a while. Also, I met him at Neef quite a few years ago, and I was I'm I pretty regularly go to the Neef show up in New York.
1: Okay, So, give us an overview of the lunar topographical study section.
0: Well, <clears throat> basically, the the section is re- we're really interested in getting observations of the changing uh, topography, you know anything that can provide insight into the topography of the moon and how. You know, the moon's continuously changing as far as the shadows and, and what you can see and what you can't see. So we're trying to gather all the information we can to help us better understand some of the more subtle features of the moon's topography. And, and you know, just, just basically to get an understanding of, of how the moon was uh, impacted over the years, over the millions of years, uh, billions of years, actually. And uh, how the crater formations were there, and then also volcanic activity that that took place on the moon billions of years ago, and things like that. So anything that helps us understand how the moon was formed and how it was um, how the surface features are formed, that's really what we're after. And to, for me, you know, I like I like to bring more of a as much of a scientific view into it, which which really uh, gets into what I'm interested in is doing actual measurements of these topographical features on the moon
1: how do you make those
0: uh fortunately we've we've got a really nice uh freeware program that's available called the uh lunar terminator visualization visualization tool um let me bring it up here and i I want to mention the author's name but that tool is used to using shadow measurements and other things and and uh uh, we we have comp- we have some spacecraft data that's got the uh, professionally uh, you know professional measurements of the topography, so we can overlay that on the image of the moon and and do uh, you know um, you know how a topographic map has the uh, elevation lines. Right. You right. can draw that stuff on your photographs and and show how the elevation changes over the landscape, and uh, so that tool allows us to do this, and um, I'll try to get the fellow's name here that created that program, but...
1: And you said uh, that's a free software? It's freeware, yeah, so if
0: you look up LTVT under Google, or Lunar Terminator Visualization Tool under Google, you'll find it. that's exactly what I'm doing here. Okay, well I could I,
1: I could put a link for that in the show notes as well. Yeah, that's a
0: it's a Wiki, Actually, it's a Wikipedia, uh, Wikispaces. So if you go to ltvt.wikispaces.com, um,
1: okay, I will look that up and add that to the show but, notes.
0: Yeah, that's an excellent resource for the lunar section people that want to do work. Okay, measurement.
1: When you talk about the topor- topographical studies section, is it? Mostly um, images, uh, uh, CCD images, or are there visual observations as well that are? Used? No, there's a,
0: actually there's quite a quite an active uh, visual observation. There's, and uh, people provide drawings. That's the main tool. That people provide information through their visual observations as drawings. And the Lunar Observer features a drawing every month, at least one drawing every month, and people submit other drawings that they make. So if you're into uh visual ob- observations of the moon and want to uh draw uh sketches of uh, transient events or other types of events on the moon you're welcome to submit those. One of the things that we that uh, Wayne also includes in the uh uh TLO the Lunar Observer newsletter is the uh transient lunar lunar phenomena or I think it's been renamed recently uh can't remember what what they call it now, but that's that's one of the one of the things you can contribute to also.
1: Now, is the Lunar Observer is that a uh, a publication that the lunar section just puts out?
0: That's correct. It's 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 our local section, the lunar section's newsletter, every month monthly newsletter.
1: Is it available online, or do you subscribe yes, to
0: it? Yes, it's free. No, it's free. Available online. It's uh, if you go to the ALPO main website and select lunar section over on the right hand side, you'll see a link to. The latest issue, and also the uh, archive of all the other issues. You can look at, you can download and read all of them that okay. are available.
1: Well, I'll add a link for that as well to the show notes. That's great. Mm-hmm. How many mm-hmm. current contributors do you guys have?
0: Uh, typically, there's a core group. Uh, over the last three or four years, what I've seen is there's a core group of probably five to eight uh, regular contributors, and then there's always, every once in a while, there's several new people that contribute that are either new or you know they um they don't contribute uh you know maybe three or four times a year so i would say over the years period we'll have probably 15 to 20 different uh contributors okay
1: and they're international uh,
0: yes absolutely we, we in fact right now we're getting uh pretty good uh really excellent descriptions and uh Images from a group in Spain oh, really? that are doing good work. Yes, uh huh. They're, yeah. they're giving us information. We also get contributors uh, um, from Australia and New Zealand. Um, there's also people that contribute to the ALPO lunar section, also contribute to the uh, British Astronomical Association their lunar program. They have a a big lunar group, just like we do. Wow.
1: Have there been any significant uh, discoveries or observations made while you've been in the program?
0: Well, one of the more recent things that uh, I think that people are starting to look for are, are, you know, with the new video cameras we have and and people are are observing the moon more often, we're starting to see these lunar transients that are basically meteor impacts. Little bright flashes uh, that occur on the moon on the dark side, so they're fairly easy to pick up. and some of them happen on the the bright, you know, the sunlit side. But uh, but I I've been seeing that occur over the last year or so. Uh, the people are contributing those observations.
1: Now your uh, observations are also published in the journal of the ALPO?
0: Yeah, I've I've been uh, fortunate to have a couple of my articles in the journal. I know that. Uh, Wayne has, you know, every every quarter he contributes something to the journal, and um, I've been I've had a couple of my articles featured in there. Uh, I did a study on, you know, when it's really cool to see these little bright peaks that, you know, on the on the right past the terminator, where on the dark side of the terminator, every once in a while you'll see a bright mountain peak, right? You know, show up right on the, you know, it's really cool to see that, you know, on the dark, it's the first sunlight hitting that peak. So I did a study. I took an image. This is like six or guess I mean, six years ago, seven, five years ago. This is the first article I wrote for the ALPO. But it, uh, I did a study on a peak. I identified which peak it was based on based on the measurements I did from the uh, you know craters that I could see on the sunlit side, and I and I compared it to uh, the lunar aeronautical charts that are available. That's another resource that you might want to link to. Okay. Uh, the, at the uh, that uh, that's at the JPL's lunar oh right source right 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 what and is- uh, go ahead they, uh the peak i used that to help me identify the peak on the uh you know with the measurements and that was a cool little project
1: hmm that's what's interesting to me is the moon. It's it's so close, and it's the first thing everybody points their telescope at when they first get a telescope. And years later, we're still pointing our telescope at it. You know, that's it's, right. It's it's, it's even, even though we've landed on it, we've got probes going around it right now. But there's still so much to see and so much to study on the moon.
0: Well, I, th- I think the big difference is it's it's fine. Well, you know, it's with the Internet, it's just like any other object that's in space. You can download all the information that's really high detail. We pay tax money to get all this neat information, mm-hmm. but it's not the same as actually doing it yourself. It's not the same as actually looking at it and taking the measurement yourself or taking the image yourself. And really, you're kind of owning it at that point. So to me, it seems like you you own a piece of the moon at that point. That's true. And that's...
1: Yeah, and that's why in the in the training program that I run, we focus on the moon because oh. it's mm-hmm. easy. It's easy to. It's not really easy to observe. A lot of students come in thinking, "Oh, I'll just pick the moon. I'll pick a crater and I'll draw that for a hundred times." And once they start drawing it, they're like, "This is not easy to get the detail." And it's right. No, because I've had I've had students come back to me and say, "Well, I, I tried to do the same crater over a six hour period. Let's do it at the beginning and do it at the end, and it changed." Yeah. Well, oh, shadow, yeah. The shadows right. change.
0: That's right, and I've actually done imaging studies like that where I've taken images of. Well, I think Batavius was one of the particular craters I was watching. Like over a half an hour period, you definitely see a change. And then if you watch it, especially if it's on the Terminator, you know. Yeah. Uh, but but it's cool to watch. You know, over time, over a few, three, two or three hour time, the shadows really make a different change. I mean, it's it's of course. Thirty times or twenty-eight times slower than the than the shadows move uh, on the Earth, but it's still very noticeable.
1: That's true. So, what do you see for the future of the program?
0: Well, I'd like to see us continue to move towards uh, more, uh, you know, qua- quantitative type measurements as opposed to you know, right now we're we're mostly qualitative, subjective, uh, descriptive type. Uh, Observations where we where we write our impressions of what the topography is based on the imaging we take, and we can document it with the images. That's a that's a highly quantitative measurement. But I'd like to actually put numbers to these. Where I'm doing some of the measurements, like I've been doing. In fact, this this uh, the the Lunar Observer for March is getting ready to come out in the next day or two. Has got an article. I, I do the Focus on article every two months. And this month is on rupees recta, or the straight wall. Mm-hmm. And I've, uh, we've got some very nice con- contributions. One of them is a very pretty high-resolution image of the straight wall. And I do actually uh, provide an example of doing shadow measurements on the straight wall to determine how high the, that cliff is. And it's not really a cliff. People think it's a sharp cliff, but it's really got a pretty gradual slope. But it looks like a cliff because it's a real, demar- you know, right, bright line across it. But that's a cool uh, little example of how you can do the measurements and and I compare the measurements to what's on the uh, lunar aeronautical chart, what they what they said the uh, the height of that feature was compared to the surrounding terrain uh, on the chart, the way it's marked, and what we what I actually measured on the image. So it's a pretty cool example of what you can do.
1: That sounds like an article I'm going to have to read.
0: <laughs> yeah, that'll come out in the next day or so.
1: Okay, good. Um, is there any other additional information you'd like to share about the lunar topographical study section?
0: No, we we accept basically we accept imaging from anybody. You don't have to be a member of uh, the uh, ALPO uh, to to contribute at all. We we welcome all contributions from anybody, and that and if we and we do get contributions from. Uh, other observers that are members of other groups. Um, the, um, uh, also we, we have a monthly uh, newsletter. It's a TLO. And, uh, if you have any suggestions on articles, we, we welcome that. Uh, if there's anything else that anybody would like to know, you can contact me. My, uh, email address is, uh, jerry.hubble, I think at, uh, make sure. I think it's, uh, at alpo-astronomy.org,
1: and I'll add I'll add that to the show notes as well. Okay, yeah. Now, are I you on I've, the Facebook or the Twitter or anything?
0: I do have a Facebook page. You're the you first up,
1: coordinator I've talked to in all these interviews that has a Facebook page.
0: Yeah, well, I, my Facebook. <laughs> the reason I have a Facebook page is because I'm, you know, I work for Explore Scientific, and, and Scott Roberts, who's the president, he's pretty active on Facebook, and we share the work that we're doing there. Scott used to be and, with me, uh, right? Yes, he was the vice president of Mead yeah. Marketing, How's he doing? and I haven't uh, talked to him he, in a long time. Great, oh, great! I mean, he's uh, excellent. He's just awesome to work for. I've been I've worked for him for the last three and a half years. Yeah, I used to see him all the and, time
1: at the Riverside Telescope Makers Conference out here. In oh Carolina. yeah,
0: yeah. I went there last year. That was a great conference.
1: Oh, it's not like it used to be.
0: <laughs> no, it's not. It's this, that was the first one I've been to, but I've heard stories about how it used to be really a big, big in the, show. In
1: the 80s, it was incredible.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: We even had Don Mackles discover a comet there one year. <laughs> oh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that was that's fun. A, that's a big event. That was a big event, yeah. Well, this is great, Jerry. I want to thank you for coming on the podcast.
0: Well, I appreciate it, Tim. And, uh, yeah, anybody who wants to get a hold of me, just, just email me, and uh, I'll be happy to help out or uh, answer any questions you might have.
1: All right. Well, thank you very much.
0: All right, Tim. Thanks.
1: Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Observer's Notebook Podcast. I again want to thank our guest, Jerry Hubble for coming on and talking about the Lunar Topographical Studies. We upload new episodes of the Observer's Notebook every few weeks. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. And if you do, please rate and review us. I really appreciate it. We can really use those positive feedbacks. Um, You can also listen to us on SoundCloud. The link is in the show notes. You can also help support the podcast by donating to it via Patreon. This is a self-sustaining podcast. Um, It takes a little bit of money to operate this thing and work at the host site up and uh, buy the equipment for it. So any donations are greatly appreciated. Speaking of Patreon, I'd like to thank our first two Patreon contributors, Jason Inman and Jerry White. Interestingly enough, neither are members of the ALPO. They just heard about the podcast and wanted to help me out. So thank you very much, Jason and Jerry, for your contribution. You can contact me via email at cometman at cometman.net or on Twitter at timrobertson56. The ALPO is an international organization devoted to the study of the sun, moon, planets, asteroids, meteors, and comets. Our goals are to stimulate, coordinate, and generally promote the study of these bodies using methods and instruments that are available within the communities of both amateur and professional astronomers. Until next time, my hope is you always have clear and steady skies. Thank you for listening.